office, but uh, you know, really are, you just feel like you're part of our family and uh, through your dad and, and obviously through Tim and Steph and, and uh, appreciate all your family. And you know, there's quite a testimony um, when you see a family that uh, second and now third generation are serving the Lord. And uh, you know, it has something to say about your dad and uh, appreciate his ministry, his faithfulness, you know, to, to be in an area, how many, 40, 43 years uh, in Japan um, and, and working with nationals. I mean, there's some, there's some very large churches over there in Japan, but most of them are on the military bases and reaching the American soldiers, and praise the Lord for that, too. But to, to reach out to the nationals in a, in a very hard uh, culture and to just dig in and be faithful you know the older I get the more I respect those guys that have done that and been in the trenches and and you know you you just have to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord and uh, you know just appreciate your dad's testimony your testimony being there now 18 years and uh, Tim and Stephanie what a blessing they've been to our family to our church family and uh, it's just a privilege to have you here today. And so I uh, pray that our, our uh, hearts go out to you, that we can be an encouragement to you, and that you can be an encouragement as you share your, the word. So you come, brother. think I'm on now. Uh, thank you, Pastor uh, Monday, just uh, for that. Uh, it is a, a, a blessing uh, to have that Christian heritage. And uh, my grandfather, uh, who is now with the Lord, uh, started that legacy um, as he uh, came back from, from uh, or as, as a young man, uh, he accepted Christ, I think about 19 years old, somewhere in there. But then went off into the military and then came back and got married and established himself in, in the Minneapolis area. Um, and uh, through, I believe, through his work, through his, uh, he went to a seminary. He thought the Lord was wanting him to go into missions um, and going into the ministry. But um, the Lord didn't have that in his, in his plans. But he went to Bible college and they started a church while they were in Bible college in the, in the projects in Minneapolis and um, and started several other churches and um, and helped establish those in Minnesota. Um, had missionaries in their home uh, when my dad was uh, a young man, and uh, even until he was into his eighties, he was going to the um, he was going to yeah. A lot of things are in my way. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, even into his 80s, he would uh, go and preach at the, um, at the, uh, the, the I say, the juvenile uh, detention uh, centers there in Minnesota, and, and he, he was a mechanic, so he would work on the church buses, and uh, he would drive the church buses, and he would, he would do all these things uh, and, until he, he couldn't do it anymore, and, uh, and I'm so thankful for that heritage. Um, and then my dad, of course, uh, being on the mission field and uh, growing up there, it's something that uh, is a gift, and you have to and, and you have to realize that uh, not everybody um, has a great home life, right? 
Uh, that's something that I didn't understand until I got married. My uh, my wife's fa- my uh, husband. Uh, I'm sorry. My wife's uh, yeah, her husband is me. Okay, just so you know. Uh, 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 my wife's father and mother, of course, are, are great church uh, uh, members at a, at our home church, and and just a great example to her. But you know, before that, uh, before they got established there, uh, there was a lot of. The, she comes from a, a family, and her relatives are just they're not saved, and and uh, and so there's just a lot of divisions and a lot of divorce and a lot of broken homes and broken hearts, and and I didn't really see that up close until until we got married, and that really. Uh, made me even more thankful for uh, the heritage that the Lord has given to me. And so, uh, and the, the Bible says what? That to whom much is given, much is required. Amen? And I've been given that uh, opportunity. Uh, again, I'm thankful to be here with you all. I hope that uh, if you weren't here this morning, um, we are missionaries in Okinawa, Japan. And we've been there for 18 years and uh, serving there, established one church, uh, helped, uh, my, well, my parents and I established a church uh, uh, in 2001, and then uh, in 2018, last year, uh, we opened the doors to a second church that we wanted to, that we wanted to plant there in Okinawa, Japan, and so we went 45 minutes north of the city that we were in and started a church uh, there. Uh, please pick up our prayer card, and uh, just a long, skinny prayer card. I don't have a I don't put my email address, and I don't put a lot of contact information on my on my prayer card. Um, but you, if you ask me for something, uh, you know, I'm not uh, opposed to you getting it. Uh, I just don't like to have my email going everywhere. Uh, I print up about five thousand of these cards, and you can imagine if I got five thousand emails, what would I do with all those emails? Uh, they'd go to the garbage can. Uh, so. Um, but uh, I do try to reply to those that are praying and, and uh, contact me about things. And so, but please pick up a prayer card and uh, we would appreciate that uh, prayer for our ministry. Um, I want to talk about uh, our faith, our faith. Uh, do you have faith tonight? You say, yeah, I have faith. I have faith in God. Okay, well, how does that, how do you translate that? How do you uh, show that? How is that real in your life, uh, can do you have a great faith? Do you have a, a faith that um, that if you were to stand before the Lord, or uh, your faith, if the Lord looked at your faith, uh, He would look at that faith and He would say, "Wow, that is a great faith." Well, there's one guy in the Bible that the Bible talks about like that, and I want to kind of just look at that very quickly. Matthew chapter number eight and verse number uh, five. Matthew chapter number eight. And uh, verse number five, and uh, you know, um, you say, Brother Gardner, you know, you're talking to the faithful here tonight. I mean, we're here on Sunday night in a very cold place, and I understand that. This takes a lot to come out uh, on a cold night like this. I'm sure it'll get colder, right? I mean, this is this is nothing. Uh, so, uh, but uh, I'm cold, just so you know. Um, <laughs> It took a lot for me to come out to them. No, uh, but uh, uh, you say, you're talking to those that would come on Sunday night. And, and I appreciate that. I know the pastor is thankful for that. And, and we've been just uh, blessed by just talking to many of you that are here tonight. And, uh, and you say, so you're talking kind of to the choir. You're preaching to the choir. We don't need a, a talk on faith. But uh, you know what? I think sometimes 
as we get into our habits and we get into just doing the, the things that we've always been doing, that sometimes we just miss that obvious thing that we need to kind of go over again and again in our hearts and our minds. And we need to re- be reminded about what faith is. And we need to be reminded about what type of faith that maybe we should have. And, um, and Jesus here in this particular passage, he points out a particular individual and he says he has a great faith. And we're going to read it in a minute. He has a great faith. And uh, would Jesus walk up to you or point you out in a crowd and say, this man has a great faith? We sometimes lose sight of that obvious thing that we need to focus on, don't we? And, um, you know, uh, it reminds me of uh, Holmes and Watson, you know, Holmes and Watson, and they went camping, and, and I, I like camping, and uh, setting up, they set up their camp, they ate their meal, and they kind of thought about, reminisced a bit for the, about the day, and, uh, somehow, and they decided to turn in, and then a few hours later, Holmes awoke and nudged his faithful friend. He said, Watson, look up in the sky. Tell me what you see. He says, I see millions of stars. He says, what does that tell you? Watson says, well, he says, uh, he says, he thought for a moment and said, well, astronomically, it tells me there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I observe that Saturn is in Leo. Horologically, I deduce that the time is approximately quarter past three. Theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and that we're all small and insignificant. Meteorologically, I suspect that we'll have a beautiful day tomorrow. What does it tell you, Holmes? Holmes was silent for a minute and then spoke. Watson, you fool, someone stole our tent. Um, You know, sometimes we are looking past the obvious, the thing that we need to focus on the most, our faith, our faith in the Lord, our faith to do something great, our faith to reach more people, our faith to step out. And how is that that, uh, perceived or how is that looked on and uh, as we stepped out, and I uh, told uh, some of the, the story even this morning, and, and maybe through the video you caught some of the things, but you know, as we stepped out to start this new ministry in Okinawa, uh, we had no people there that were saying, hey, you know, like a Macedonian call, say, hey, come over and help us. Come over and, and plant a church. There, there wasn't anybody like that. But there is people there. All right. There is people there that are needing something. There is people there that that uh, are uh, searching for uh, something more than what they have, and uh, and so there is a need. But when we went there, we we had to to maybe step out in faith a little bit and say, Lord, I believe you're leading me here. And there's nobody here. There's nothing here. But we're willing to step out and plant and start something. And you got to have a faith that says, I'm willing, that will move you to action. And that's kind of what we want to talk about a little bit here as, uh, as we look into this passage, uh, Matthew chapter number 8. Uh, you don't have to clap for me. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Uh, the first time I heard that, I thought it was uh, somebody was applaud, starting to applaud. And I started looking around, and, and uh, then I saw that it was that. So, um, But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll remember when that comes on again. Uh, so Matthew chapter number eight and verse number five, and I'm going to read there in Jesus. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. 
The centurion answered and said, Lord, I, will not, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh. And, <clears throat> and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom that shall be cast out into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in that self same hour. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you again for your word. I pray that you'd help us to be challenged and be uh, comforted, encouraged from it as well tonight. I pray that you would use it in each of our hearts and each of our, each of our lives. I thank you again for the opportunity to present tonight. I pray that you would uh, give me the words to say, guide each word that I have, that it would be honor and glory, glory to you. We we'll just thank you again for all you've done. We ask these in your name. Amen. Um, <clears throat> so we see Jesus here, and he's going, and he's going about, right, to the different places. He's preaching. He's, he's doing miracles. He, people are following to see those miracles. But in this particular uh, place, he, there's one particular man that comes to him, a centurion. Um, I, one of the things that I want to just say right off is that uh, it, it struck me as I read this particular passage that uh, it tells me that anyone can have a great faith. Anyone can have a great faith. You don't have to have uh, be a particular par, uh, uh, be a part of a particular people. You don't have to be a, a particular age, or you don't have to be a particular work set, or you don't have to be a particular thing. You don't have to be a pastor, okay? You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be uh, somebody like that because this centurion he has an interesting, in my opinion, he has an interesting position. He has an interesting position because he's not a Jewish person, is he? He's a centurion. He's a Roman centurion, someone that uh, in, the, in, the, in those days would have uh, been maybe sometimes and many times hated by the Jewish people. Now think about that for a moment. And I just want to remind you that um, as Americans and as fellow believers, of course, Christians that, that follow Christ, they did not necessarily uh, do the same things that we do and know the same things. that They didn't sing the songs, Power in the Blood. Okay, They didn't sing those things. They didn't uh, uh, react in the same ways that we do or have the same thought pro uh, processes as we do. And if you were to try to put yourself into their position, who would Jesus say has a great faith in those days? Who would they expect as a Jewish person? Who would you expect the Lord to point out, say, this guy has a great faith? Maybe one of, they would expect as a Jewish person one of the rabbis. One of the religious leaders in their group, one of the Pharisees, one of, uh, or maybe you would point out one of the disciples, one of the men that was following Christ and, and trying to be like Christ. Uh, maybe he would, he would probably point, or you would think he would point out one of them, but he didn't. He pointed out someone else, someone who was not a Jew, someone who could be anybody, a Gentile. You say, 
What does that have to do with anything? Well, the thing about it is, is that here, Jesus Christ, because he points out a, a centurion, I, I, it's one of the first, if not the first, reference, uh, in my opinion, of Jesus pointing out that even Gentiles could be saved. You see, Jesus came to save the lost. He didn't come just to the Jews. He wasn't a savior or he wasn't there to save them from the Roman tyrannical rule in the empire. He was there to save them from their sins. And Jesus came and he saw the centurion and the centurion had of great faith, he said. But So what I want to point out, first of all, is that this, in order for us to have great faith, we have to have some humility, I think. We have to be humble ourselves. You say, what are you, how, how are you seeing this? Well, the centurion, he came and he had authority, didn't he? He had a position and he had power and he had authority in that area. And he was willing to humble himself. You, uh, he, you, uh, you would expect, of course, Christ to point out somebody else, but he pointed out this man and, and uh, this, everything about the centurion really would prevent him from coming to Jesus, wouldn't it? He would maybe be seen by other soldiers or Romans. But uh, uh, he came and he uh, pointed out that, and, and he called Jesus Lord. Think about that for a minute. He called a Jewish man his Lord. He had, hum- he had some humility. Uh, he had land. He had houses. Every, uh, every centurion mentioned in the Gospels uh, uh, was... Uh, a man of high character, all right, a sense of duty. Uh, these, were, uh, these men, uh, Jesus and him, were opposites in so many ways. Uh, Jesus, he was a soldier, yet Jesus was a man of peace. Uh, he was a Gentile, and Jesus was a Jew, yet he went to Jesus and addressed him as Lord and asked for help on behalf of his servant. When Jesus responded and promised to visit him, he said, I don't, uh, you, I don't, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, he said. He, he displayed his humility there in front of all to see. You know, I think that we have to sometimes humble ourselves and realize, Lord, I, I need some help in whatever area that you're trying to uh, accomplish something in. Lord, I, I, I'm not perfect, and I, I have sin, and I, I know I need your help, and I need your grace, and I need to be in your word. I need you to instruct me or help me or give me strength. And you know, when we have, a, we have a great faith in God, when we honestly and sincerely see and declare that we cannot live without God. I don't know if you know John 15, 5. It talks about the vine, the tree and the vine, and and uh, let's, let's look at that very quickly. I, I have it written down in uh, my other book, but uh, uh, I, I'm going to just read it there. John 15, verse number 5. <clears throat> and it says, I'm the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. There it is. Uh, without me, I, uh, I am the, uh, you are the branches, I am the vine, he that abideth in me, all right? And uh, without me, ye can do nothing, he says. 
And so we got to realize, we have to realize and come to the point that we need Christ every day. We need Him to work in our hearts every day. And uh, it's tough for most people because it means that uh, we have to change the way that we view ourselves, don't we? Sometimes we, we think we can accomplish much, and sometimes we don't think we need uh, to, to have um, uh, advice and, and those kinds of things. I remember as a young man uh, living in Japan and coming home from uh, come, uh, getting ready to come back for college, and I was all excited about that, and I told my dad, I, I said, I know what God wants me to do. I'm, of course, or, well, at first I didn't maybe say that. I said, Dad, I think I want to go back to the States uh, about March time frame and, and uh, get ready for college. I'll get a job, and, and uh, I'll, I'll save up some money, and uh, then, we'll, then I'll go off to college in, in August and things. And I thought I had this plan really worked out well in my, in my mind, and, and uh, he, he just gave me some advice. He said, you know, in March, there isn't a whole lot of places hiring. He said, now wait, wait until, you know, May somewhere in there, and, and things are starting to pick up because things are thawing out. And, you know, I just didn't understand that my dad had grown up in Minnesota. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, he knew what he was talking about. And, and I, I kind of came back at him, not, not in anger or anything, but I just said, you know, Dad, I think the Lord, I, I wanted to make sure the Lord was on my side, uh, I think the Lord really wants me to go back, you know. Well, how's he going to argue with that? Well, Man, if you prayed about it and you think the Lord wants you to go back at that time, you do that. And, and so I went and he, you know, he said, that's fine. So I went back and wouldn't you know it, I really didn't get a job until May. <laughs> it was just one of those things. And I, I sat there and I spent money that I had already kind of saved up, you know, and things. And, and, you know, sometimes we just need to realize that we have to be humble. We need the Lord to guide us in certain ways and he guides us through people through our parents, through our pastor, through different, uh, different, uh, different ways. And, uh, and, it, and, and so uh, the, we see that we have to be humble. If we want to have a great faith, we got to have a humility. I can't do uh, the work on the mission field without God. I can't do it without the Lord and His, 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 His hand, if you will, and His, His working in the lives of the Japanese people. They're, they're very, very hard people. And uh, sometimes I remember going also to, to Japan as a young person. Me and my wife went in 2001. I made a lot of mistakes. I, I don't mind kind of saying that even as a, as a returning guy. I mean, you know, I went to Japan uh, knowing the language and things like that. And, and one of the mistakes I made was I never took my wife on a missions trip. I mean, she just said, uh, you know, if the Lord wants us to go there and and uh, then that's I'm going to follow you there and I really appreciated that but I probably should have taken her to Japan you know what I mean I mean so you hey we're going to live here the rest of our lives you know uh, what do you think about that you know kind of a thing and and um, I joke I, I didn't really teach her much Japanese either we had a year and a half of two years of of uh, deputation we traveled around uh, the Lord blessed us we we only traveled for two years and uh, or less than that really and uh, raised all the support that we needed to go to Japan. And um, I didn't really teach her any Japanese. And when we arrived, I said, okay, I didn't teach you anything yet, but here's the most important thing. Where's the bathroom? All right, no, it's not. So that's what, uh, you know, that's what you got to know, right? I mean, you got to know those kinds of things. But <clears throat> um, I, did, I made a lot of mistakes. 
And uh, even though I have counsel around me, possibly. And um, as we, we got to Japan, I, I just thought, you know, um, I'm going to, you know, I got the language down. I'm going to preach. I'm going to uh, talk to people. Uh, uh, I got, uh, I'm going to reach a lot of people. People are going to get, a bunch of people are going to get saved. And we're just going to, our, our church is going to be busting at the seams. And, and that's the kind of uh, thought process I had. And, you know, it just didn't happen that way. It didn't happen that way. I remember uh, after we had been there for a while, and we had a small group of people, and there was a, a particular lady that was coming for a long time, and she said, pray for my husband, so we were praying for him, and he finally came. We started some English classes on a Wednesday night right before the service, and we didn't really make it a prerequisite that they had to come to church, but they were welcome to stay if they wanted to, and uh, so we did that. I taught this English class. And uh, this man, he started to come to, the, uh, he was a retired teacher, uh, the Japanese public school, so he started to come to that. And uh, he started coming to that, and, and his name was Mr. Miyagi. And, um, and I'm daniel son, so just so you know. Uh, um, oh, did I date myself too? Sorry about that. Uh, um. But Mr. Miyagi, and that's a common name. It's like Jones or Smith or something like that in America, I guess you could say. And so it's a very common name in Okinawa. And so uh, I, we, I was teaching him English, and we were witnessing to him. And, and he came for three years, two, one year, two years, three years, four years, five years. And we were just, I, I, I would take Japanese pastors that we had in for evangelistic meetings over to his house, and we would talk, and they would witness to him, and he would say stuff like, you know, I just can't believe that there's one all-knowing, all-powerful God. I just can't believe that. If you can't believe that, you can't even start. Right? Because the Bible says, in the beginning, right, God. And so we, I kept teaching English to him, and we kept witnessing. And in 2000, and, uh, it was the 2009, um, I, I was teaching an English lesson. It, we were gonna, uh, it was Wednesday night, and we were gonna, I was going to leave on Friday to come home on a furlough. And uh, it was all, all of a sudden, none of the other students showed up except for Mr. Miyagi, and so I was talking to him. And I was teaching him, and I said, I, I was thinking, what am I going to teach this today? It's him, he's by himself. And I just decided that in English, I would teach him about Adam and Eve. And so I started teaching him about that, and I could understand that he was getting very intrigued about that. And I, then I asked him, I said, Did you mind, do you, would you mind if I explain this to you in Japanese? And he said, no. I said, so then all of a sudden, our English class went away, and I started talking to him in, ja in, in Japanese. And teaching them about God and how He created man, how they sinned, but then God had mercy on them, and 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 so and and teaching and just telling them, uh, and then going all the way to uh, where Jesus, we're all sinners, and that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, and that we can have eternal life if we just put our faith and trust in Him. And I said, I said, wouldn't you want to know? Wouldn't you want to accept Christ? Know that you're on your way to heaven. And he said, yes. I almost fell over, right? 
so we, there I was, Daniel-san, teaching Mr. Miyagi, and he accepted Christ as his Savior. And his, mom, his wife didn't know because she was downstairs. And so I told him, hey, you know, during the service, uh, I was leading the service, so he's, I said, during the service, I'm gonna ha- you're going to sit in the, in the, out in the middle, and uh, I'm going to have you stand up, and then you'd be willing to tell everybody what you did? And he said, yes. And so he stood up, gave a, gave a profession of faith in front of everybody. His wife was so excited. He got uh, baptized uh, uh, in, you know, the following weeks, if you will. I wasn't, I, I think I wasn't there because we went on furlough, and, and um, so my dad might have done that. But, um, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out in our planning. We got to be humble. We got to let God work, and we got to let God use us, and we got to go according to His timing. So we got to have a humility if we want to have a great faith. And I'm not saying I have a great faith. I'm just saying I'm I'm trying to put my faith in Christ as a missionary as well. And uh, and great faith recognizes secondly God's authority. You got to recognize the authority of God. And the centurion uh, was commended for having a great faith because he recognized the authority of Jesus. He said. Uh, just say the word and my servant will be healed. You know, he recognized Jesus Christ's authority. He explained his understanding of Jesus' authority in terms of his own authority as a military officer. All authority belonging to the emperor was delegated, therefore, because he was under the emperor's authority when the centurion spoke, he spoke with the emperor's authority, right? And the authority that Jesus Christ had, uh, is he had an understanding that, uh, the, that this authority, uh, that the, uh, his understanding of authority is applied by the centurion to Jesus because Jesus was under God's authority. I mean, he was God, but he had God's authority, right? And, uh, and so when he spoke, uh, he, he spoke with the word of God. He was vested with God's authority. And you know, uh, you and I are uh, many times vested with that same authority when we uh, preach the Word of God. Jesus says, all power was given unto me in heaven and earth. And, and, uh, and when we preach the Word, when we give out the gospel, it's not our Word, but it's the gospel that has the power because it's God's Word. How do you reach the Japanese people? Well, we just give out the gospel. That's all we can do. Uh, just like that, we have a greater faith in God if we recognize that Jesus has authority over every single need of men, whether it's spiritual, material, physical, emotional. You know, there's a lot of emotional and spiritual needs in the country of Japan. And I kind of explained some of that, so I don't need to necessarily go through it all, but there's just a lot of peer pressures. There's a lot of pressures to perform. There's a lot of pressures to, uh, to, to be a particular type of thing and, and person. But our faith is great when we're able to surrender our needs to Christ's authority, allowing Him to act according to His will. Um, when we got ready to build this particular building so that we could uh, build the church, you know, um, or so that we could plant the church, uh, there was... Part of me was like, okay, I think we can handle this. Uh, but then part of me was like, okay, I don't know exactly if we can handle this. And, uh, and so there were certain things that would come up, and I just didn't know how to do it. And my, my dad was there, and, and we were working together to try to accomplish things. And I appreciate all of the input that he gave and, and all the things that uh, 
he did uh, as far as helping me in this uh, particular thing. But you know, uh, when you start to work, uh, uh, we're talking now, uh, I, does anybody know how hard it is to work with contractors in America? Okay. How about in Japanese? You know, and, and how about working with the banks in Japanese and, and uh, every time something happens, I got to run to the bank and I got to make some more, I got to stamp some more things. They, they have a stamp. They don't sign their signature, but they have a special uh, name stamp that's, that, uh, that they use with some special ink and everything. And, they, and so I'd have to go and I'd have to stamp something else and I'd have to go and redo something else. And uh, it just became, you know, it just became so, uh, I don't know what you want to say, but there was just so many things that were happening with that. And, and uh, I just didn't know if I was going to, you know, be able to handle it sometimes. And, um, and yet... I saw after, after we continued to go on how that even though I lost, let's say, my carpenter, I lost my carpenter, he was going to charge me a certain amount and he was going to take a certain amount of time to do the work he was going to do. I got a new carpenter and he charged me less and it took him less time. Well, praise the Lord for that. You know, I can't, I can't do that on my own. But you know, God has all authority. And he has the power to move things how he wants to and how he wills. And, and if he wants to do something in your life, he has the power and the ability to do that. And you just have to be able to will, be willing to let him do that and recognize his authority just like that centurion did. He said, no, Lord, I, you don't have to come to my house. Number one, I'm not worthy, but all you have to do is just say the word. And it's there. And it's done. And I believe that. And then thirdly, a great faith acts in obedience. You know, if you have a real faith, you're going to act on that faith, aren't you? If you believe something, really, truly believe it in your heart, you're going to act on that obedience. You know, one of the things I probably hate the most, well, but sometimes can be the most rewarding, is fishing. You know, I'm surrounded by ocean in Okinawa, and I've gone out deep sea fishing out there a couple of times. I, I, I can't go too often, but I've been out there a couple of times. We've pulled up some huge uh, tunas, and some huge mahi-mahi and, uh, and wahoo, they call. You know, so we, we, we've, we've done some of that. But, you know, when I, when I go out, I say, you know, put me on the fish. I don't want to fish. I want to catch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, fishing means that you, there's a possibility you're not going to get anything. I don't like fishing. <laughs> I like catching. And, uh, you know, uh, when I go out, I believe I'm going to catch something. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. And, uh, and if you have a faith that believes, I mean, if you have a, a faith in God that, that something's going to happen, you're going to be obedient to that. Your action, and your, your, what you, you're going to act according to that belief. Aren't you? Isn't that why we're here tonight? Because we believe that God is real. We believe that God has saved us from our sin. We believe that He is our God, that He is alive today, and He's working right now. The centurion expressed his faith by his readiness to act according to God's instruction. Like his own soldiers, he is ready to follow the orders from Christ. Do this, and he does it, he says, 
Having faith in God means we trust Him and we're ready to obey Him. Hey, what's He directed you to do recently? Maybe in a service, maybe after a message. You say you have faith in God, then you must be ready to obey Him. You can't say you believe if you don't obey. You know the song. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Doing exactly what the Lord commands, doing it happily. Action is the key, do it immediately. Joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. See, obedience shows your faith. You say, what? What, do I, what am I supposed to do? Well, what is God directing you to do? What have you committed to Him? What have you told the Lord that you're going to do, that you believe He's directed you to do? You see, the centurion, he did act in obedience. At the end there, in that particular passage, Jesus talks to him. And it says, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And you know, his servant was healed in that self-same hour. He believed and he went. He believed and he, he obeyed what, exactly what Christ said to do. And, and it, it happened accord, exactly how God wanted it to happen. Faith doesn't mean being passive. Rather, faith is seen by our activity. In, in, in fact, faith initiates actions believing God's provision. Hey, what are you waiting to do? What have you kept for, back from doing? What have you maybe kept back uh, uh, praying about and, and asking God to direct you more and, and precisely? And, and I, I appreciate all of the things that uh, I, I hear you know, from my brother, but uh, from... I think Dwight uh, Smith was the first one to tell me about the, the wrestling program. He, uh, uh, he knows I was a wrestler in high school and college, and, and so uh, he told me about that. And, and there's so many ways to reach out into our community, isn't there? There's different ways that we can reach out and be active and show our faith. Jesus rewarded the faith of the centurion by displaying his power, exercising his authority, and fulfilling his promise. You know, the Lord's waiting to fulfill a promise to you? You say, what problem? I don't know what exactly what you're dealing with right now. Maybe it's a job, a family situation. Maybe it's a financial. It could be spiritual. There's a lot of things. Everybody has different needs. I don't know what you're dealing with right now, but I know that God has a promise for you. That is, if you'll just believe and you'll act in faith, He'll do the rest. You continue to follow Him and how He wants you to act. Uh, one illustration, and I'll close. A young dad descri uh, describes a time when his daughter, about five, came to him and asked him for a dollhouse. The dad promptly nodded and promised to build her one, and then he went back to reading his book. Soon he glanced out the study window and saw her arms filled with dishes and toys and dolls, making trip after trip until she had a great pile of playthings in the yard. He asked his wife, 
what you doing out there? His wife looked at him and said, oh, you promised to build her a dollhouse, and she believed you. She's just getting ready. He thought he had been hit by a Mack truck. He threw aside the book. He raced to the lumber yard for supplies and quickly built the little girl a dollhouse. If you ask him why did he respond like that, because he wanted to? No. Because she deserved it? No. Her daddy had given his word, and she believed it and acted upon it. And when he saw her faith, nothing could keep him from carrying out his word. You know, God's so much greater than that human father. We put our faith in God and see what He can do. We have humility and recognize His authority and act in obedience. And He'll do something great in our hearts and our lives and He'll continue to keep His word as He's promised. What about you tonight? Maybe, maybe there's something that you just want to re-dedicate uh, to the Lord. We rethink about uh, obeying uh, that He's directed you to do. Maybe you, go, you want to go to the mission field. There's lots of opportunities and lots of people out there that need Christ. And, uh, and we need workers. We need people that will come alongside and will team up with us or others and, and reach the loss for, the, for Him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for the example of the centurion about great faith. I, I pray that you'd help us to have great faith. Sometimes I feel like mine isn't so great. But I thank you for your promise that if I just continue to follow and obey that you'll fulfill your end. I have faith in you that you can do it. I pray now that you just continue to work in our hearts and help us to continue to yield to you and have, a, have faith in you. We ask all these in your name. Amen.